this sermon, which is composed of just me. <laughs> so um, the real sermon theme for today is God's Got Power too. Can you remember that in your heads? God's Got Power so um, with that said, I want to invite you to open up your bulletins then to the first lesson, page 7. We're going we're gonna to look at that, that lesson here, here together this morning from Acts chapter 13. We'll begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm excited, um, and I know that's strange to say, especially after last week and all the tears that, that happened there. But, but I, I, I'm, I'm still excited. Um, we could think about having uh, all the, the pluses and minuses to have various preaching voices in your life and what it means to the pluses and minuses of having two pastors versus one, but we're not going to dwell on those because we don't have two pastors anymore. But there, there is... Maybe a few pluses, and specifically one big plus to having just one preaching voice in your life, and it's the C word, um, continuity. Uh, you're going to have, as people of God and, and preacher, we're going to get to do this thing that we call worship and preaching week after week after week after week. After, and we could keep going on like that. There's going to be some incredible continuity, and, and I'm excited about that because week after week after week after week, I get to push into your hearts, I get to push into your lives one gospel message. And we're going to take continuity to a whole new level, even in the way that we choose lessons, because what we're going to do during this Easter season is we're going to just stay in one book of the Bible. And it's going to be volume two of Luke's gospel, and we call that book the book of Acts. So we're going we're gonna to just follow the book of Acts through the Easter season here today. Quick, take your picture. <laughs> we're going to set the distractions aside. We're going to think about the book of Acts, and then coming up, coming up this summer, what we're going to do is we're going to go to volume one then, and we're going to look at the, the gospel of Luke together, and we're going to see his, his travel narrative. We'll see his, his parables, his teachings about possessions, and all kinds of fantastic things like that. And so by the end of the summer, guess what? You will all be experts in the book of Acts and in the book of Luke. So the good Lutheran question is, well, what does this mean? Well, it means that you got to be here every week. It really does, because each sermon is going to build on the last as we, as we push this gospel message right into your hearts and bring you into the kingdom of God. Um, so if you can't be here for a Sunday, what you could do, we have this really cool thing called a podcast. And you can listen to our sermons on the podcast. Or you can go to our website. You can, you can listen to them there. You can stream them so that you just don't miss 
this building blocks that we're going to be laying as as we go here. Now, maybe you're maybe you're thinking, why the the book of Acts? Flippantly, I could say because it's so frustrating to the experts. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Uh, they, they get so tentative about their conclusions about what is this book really about. Is the book of Acts, for example, is it a, an apologetic work? A defense of the Christian faith? Well, the experts will say, maybe. And they'll say, well, is the book of Acts a, sort of a letter to a persecuted uh, Christian community, and the experts will say, well, maybe. Now, here's where they go wrong. They go wrong thinking that there's just one thing that we could say about the book of Acts, is if it has only one objective, but the truth about the, the book of Acts is that it is not just one dry, crusty loaf of bread for our souls. The book of Acts, we could say, is a rich hunting ground um, full of food for our souls. And we're grizzly bears, and the salmon are spawning. And that's why we are going to look at the book of Acts. So let me give you an example of this. It's It's our sermon lesson for today from Acts chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. If you can reach back in your memories to the month of January, missionary Mike Hartman was here, and he preached on this lesson, didn't he? And he said, you are a light for the Gentiles, you're all missionaries. But yet, we heard that, that, that sermon, and yet we have not completely fished out these rich, these rich hunting grounds. So what we're going to do today is like grizzly bears hungry for food for our souls. We're going to fish in that same stream. So listen, listen to this lesson with me again. Here's what it says. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively about what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread through the whole region. But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So... They shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy 
and with the Holy Spirit. This is the, the word of the Lord. There can be no doubt about it that when the Apostle Paul preached the Sunday before, the Holy Spirit worked. I mean, even though the Holy Spirit's name isn't mentioned till the very end of the lesson in verse 52, his handiwork is literally all over the lesson. There, there's the fact that the whole city showed up to hear Paul preach the next week. And there's the fact that Luke says, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. And, and there's the fact that the, when the Gentiles heard the preaching of the word of God, they were glad. I mean, the, the handiwork, the marks of the Holy Spirit are just all over this lesson. And finally, Luke comes out with it at the end of the lesson when he says this in verse 52. He says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So this much is clear. This, this much we can say that when the Apostle Paul preached the Word of God, the Holy Spirit worked. And we could say that the Holy Spirit had incredible, spectacular success. Except for a few people. Does it trouble you? Does it trouble you at all that it seems like the Holy Spirit failed? I mean, yes, the whole city showed up that the next week, and it is absolutely true that the Gentiles were made glad by the preaching of the word. And it is true that that the, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but it is also true. It is also true that when the Jews heard the preaching of Paul and the Holy Spirit worked in their hearts, that the Jews booted the Spirit right back out of their hearts. Kind of like, well, Satan was thrown out of heaven. While... The word spread through the whole region. It is also true that the Jews rejected the word of the Lord and the Spirit. And sort of like an NBA center rejects a basketball, the Jews rejected the Spirit. And it is also true that, that the Jews kicked the Spirit and sent them away out of their lives kind of like we would send away a pagan or a tax collector. You know, we have to say this, that, that Luke doesn't tell us this because he's an anti-Semite. I mean, he was a Jew himself. He tells us to demonstrate the fact that the human being has a supernatural power. We could say that, that each one of you has a supernatural power, and only one supernatural power. This is it. You can reject the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you can. 
So we want to put this in hunting terms. What you can do is you can get out your little 22. And when the Holy Spirit is in plain flight, straight for your heart, you can shoot him down. Or to put this in basketball terms, when the Holy Spirit, like Steph Curry, is about to swoosh a three, you can bat it away. We have this incredible superhuman, supernatural strength to reject the Holy Spirit. So, um, we have to think about this. You have the strength in your life to say, you know, I'm going to cut myself off from the preaching of the Word today and the work of the Holy Spirit because I'm tired. And I'd rather go get brunch. We can do that. That, That's an awesome supernatural power. And we can also show up at church and cut ourselves off from the promptings of the Holy Spirit just, just by falling asleep during the sermon. And I've seen some of you do that, by the way. We have that awesome supernatural power to reject the Holy Spirit. And you know what else we could do? We could leave this church after the Holy Spirit has stirred something up in our hearts and then have the Holy Spirit drown as soon as we hit the sidewalk. Because it's when we hit the sidewalk when we realize that life is out there. And there's things to worry about, and there's challenges to meet, and all of a sudden, what was stirred up while you were in the house of God through the power of the preaching of His Word, all of a sudden just dies. I I wonder, as I was thinking about this, I wonder how many sermons died, not here in the church, but right outside on the sidewalk as life met our heart. It's, it's enough to make me, think, make me think and say to myself, you know, God, why did you give us this supernatural power? I would have preferred a different one. Maybe like being able to turn stones into pure gold or like being able to transport ourselves in January to Bermuda and we could spend some time on the beach, but he hasn't given us those supernatural powers The only supernatural power that we have is to get out our little 22 and shoot down the Holy Spirit. That's it. And so, it's kind of miraculous that any of us are saved if this is our one supernatural power. And yes, some are saved. Some who have their little 22, some are saved. That's what it says in in this lesson. Um, Can you read with me there in, in verse 48? Here's what Luke says. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. You know, long before, long, long before 
the Apostle Paul stood in that synagogue in Pisidian Antioch and began to preach that sermon. Long before that, God had planned the salvation of this little group of Gentiles in Pisidian Antioch. He had planned it since before the creation of the world. And so what he did is he took the globe in one hand and he spinned it in the other. And he controlled all of history so that Jesus would show up at the right time and the right place and live perfectly and die a bloody death and rise from the dead all to save that little group of people in the city of Antioch. And then he spin the globe again so that all of history would lead up to that point in time when the Apostle Paul would stand up in that synagogue and preach the Word of God. And God in that moment, through the power of the preaching of His Word, through His Spirit, caused them to believe. God's got power too. That's what the theme of this sermon should have been. God's got power too. And He had them in mind. And He's got you in mind too. The Holy Spirit has not rejected us yet. Not yet. And you say, well, how can you say that, Pastor? How, how can you say that the Holy Spirit has still not left this place? Because <laughs> so often sermons have died on the sidewalk, haven't they? And so often you've been in church and slept right through the sermon. How can you say, Pastor, that the Holy Spirit has not left this place? And I'll tell you what, because I'm here. I've still not shaken the dust off of my feet and departed for Long Island City. I am still here. And what is more, you're here. In a moment planned since before the creation of the world. When, when God spun the globe, and then he stopped it on April 24th, 2016, so that you could hear the good news that Jesus was wounded for you. There's cuts in his hands and sides so that you can find yourself there. I mean, God made this preaching moment happen so that he could cause you by the power of his spirit to believe. That's what Luke says and what he means when he says all who are appointed for eternal life believed God's got power too. And His power is so different than ours. While we may have the power to reject, God's got power to accept you as a father accepts his child through the through the waters of baptism. God's got power too, and it's not anything like ours. God's power isn't to boot the Holy Spirit out of our lives. God's power is to receive us as children of God through the power of the Gospel. God's got power too. It's the same power that God used to create the world. 
And it's the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. And this same power, we believe this, is connected with the preaching of the Word. Not to destroy or to reject, but to raise up and to bring a new creation. God's got power too, and it's not anything like ours. It's the power of the gospel. And so it's for this reason we can honestly say this, that it doesn't matter who preaches to you week after week after week after week. What really matters is continuity. That's what really matters is that there's continuity, that the same gospel message is pushed into your hearts and lives deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. What really matters is continuity, that you would expose yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit week after week after week after week. Amen.